On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Setting the Captives Free will encourage you to use the tools of your own personal freedom to help others experience their own personal victory to be all God has called them to be. Welcome to Setting the Captives Free, Session 8. I hope that you've been enjoying everything we're talking about here. We're talking about Luke 4, 18 and 19. And we're basically walking through the ministry of Jesus a step by step. We said from the beginning that we believe that this was Jesus's ministry, which he demonstrates, and it's our ministry too. So we're talking about what does it mean to be anointed of the Spirit? What does it mean to preach the gospel to the poor? Uh, what, what is that? Have you received the gospel? Do you understand the gospel? Uh, are we able to articulate that to those that we encounter? Um, preach deliverance to the captives and healing the brokenhearted. And now we're going to talk about restoring sight to the blind, which I believe basically is speaking about physical healing. Now, I want to walk through a couple of passages here. Uh, we've talked about the Mark, I'm sorry, the Matthew chapter 4 passage. I want to go back there again. Uh, many of these passages are continually, uh, they have all the passages of healing and deliverance combined because I don't think you can separate it. This is the first one I want to look to is Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Now, again, it goes on to talk about he cast out demons too. Look at chapter 9. Chapter 9 of Matthew beginning in verse 35, it said, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah, let me just make a comment there. Remember, the preaching of the gospel is the declaration that the, this is good news. This is great news because the king has come, he's brought his rule and authority, and he has defeated the enemy, and he paid for our sins so we could be joined to him and so we can have a relationship with him, so we can represent him. And that's really our whole basis of everything. But he preached the gospel of the kingdom. He healed every sickness and every disease among the people. And he saw the multitudes moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Again, he's saying, look, there's not a problem with the harvest. The problem is with us, the laborers. And that's what we're talking about here. Becoming a laborer with Christ by the Spirit, having compassion because we are extending the ministry of Jesus to those. And that's what God wants us to do. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. He called the 12 disciples to him. He commanded, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and kinds of disease. Verse 7, he said, Now go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely you give. We can continue on reading the same passages that we read the last session because we're really talking about the same thing, extending the ministry of Jesus. It, is, it does involve physical healing, deliverance, setting the captives free. Anything that would keep us from being who God has called us to be 
and has paid through the cross for us to experience and to live in, listen, he wants to set us free. And he wants to use us to set others free. There is nothing more enjoyable, more exciting than to see someone that really discovers freedom, the freedom of knowing Christ, the freedom of getting free from a hurt or a wound, or really getting physically healed. God wants us to really understand this. Now, I'm going to read these couple of passages. These are Luke uh, 9, same thing. He called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to heal the sick. I don't believe you can separate the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom from healing and deliverance. They're part of the same. God's rule and reign, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no, there's no demons running around in heaven. You see, he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He Drop kicked him right out of heaven. But the point is, we're to pray for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven. If we're going to pray for the, his rule and reign to come on earth as it is in heaven, there's no sickness and disease in heaven. So that's why we, we can stand on firm ground to pray for the sick. Well, I'm not the healer, but, we, but we're going to look at this and to see, because here's the key. If you don't believe that Jesus paid with his life for you to be healed, you will never be used very much to be a used as an agent to see others healed. You'll have a hard time yourself walking in that. All of us do. Listen, and people say, well, why aren't everybody healed? Well, why is everybody forgiven? They're already forgiven. Why are they still walking in sin? They don't believe. So I don't know about all the issues. All I know is that Jesus' ministry clearly he forgave a debt we couldn't pay. He died our death. He, he took our sickness and sin, and he told us to go heal the sick and cast out demons. <clears throat> uh, we've already looked at the Luke chapter 10 passage, and then again, Mark 16, it says, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, to me, it's pretty clear. Now, I want to walk through some, some steps because I think it's important for us to, we've got to be solidly grounded in Scripture so that we know what we believe. This is Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And why this is so important is because, again, we got to go back. It was healing part of the Old Covenant. Well, in Exodus chapter 15, after the Exodus, in verse 26, he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes. I'll put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. But one of God's names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals. That's his name. So, I mean, obviously, clearly, that's part of, of what he, he has for all of us. Uh, Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And verse 3, for who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all of your diseases. That's pretty good. I like that. 
So clearly, God is the source of healing, and he provides healing for us. He heals all the diseases, no matter what they are. All. All means all. So there's nothing that he's not over. Um, verse 20 says, Bless the Lord all of his angels who excel in strength and who, who do his word, uh, heeding the voice of God. So the angels literally watch over his word. So healing was clearly there. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So again, it, there is a pattern here of, of physical healing in the Bible, especially the Old Testament. Uh, we're not going to read all of Isaiah 53, but this is a passage that I encourage you to be uh, well aware of and, and spend a lot of time in Isaiah 53. This is prophecy about Jesus. Verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows. If you look that word up, it's going to, most of the time, it's translated pain. He was acquainted with grief. If you look that word up, it's mostly translated in the Old Testament as sickness. We, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, there's a number of scriptures we can go through in the Old Testament. My point of doing this is to point out that God is a God of healing. Um, the Old Testament, it seemed to be tied to their obedience, and, and as they walked in obedience, that healing was provided for them. But clearly, God reveals himself as the God of healing. Now, I want us to go to Luke chapter 13, and the reason I want to, there's two passages of Scripture I want us to look at here. Uh, Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 11. And then again, verse 10 said he was teaching one day in the synagogue. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years and bent over, could no way raise herself up. <clears throat> when Jesus saw her, <clears throat> he called her to him and said to her, woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. Again, just reading the scripture is like, wow, this is very interesting terminology. He said to, he, he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days in which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath. Now, what is he saying there? It's not about, I don't want to address the issue of healing on the Sabbath. The real issue is what he's saying is, look, this is a daughter of Abraham. <clears throat> that means, <clears throat> excuse me, that means that she was in covenant. She was a Jewish person, 
and she was in covenant with the living God. What Jesus is saying, should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, be loose from this infirmity? Making it very clear to me that healing was part of the covenantal blessing of the Old Testament. I don't know how you could see it any other way. So let's go to Matthew chapter 15. I want to read one more passage here to make this point. This is Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Jesus went out from there and departed to a region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Again, we just finished the sessions on deliverance. My question is, and okay, this is a woman, a Canaanite. She's not Jewish. How did she know her daughter was demon-possessed? Interesting question. Why don't we know that today? I don't ever hear anybody say that today. I don't say, well, I've got a problem here. We have mental problems. We have all kinds of emotional problems. We have all kinds of issues, but I don't know anybody ever saying, oh, it's a, it's a demonic spirit. I'll let you think about that for a moment. He answered and said not a word. His disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So obviously Jesus is walking on there. This woman's crying out after him. He's not paying her any attention. The disciples are saying, hey, Jesus, I mean, send, send her away. She's bothering us. She, she, she's, a, she's a pest here. Get rid of her. Jesus said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I don't think he's ever turned to this woman yet. And then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fell from the master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Her daughter was healed from that very hour. So what Jesus, what the picture here is that Jesus walking along, and this woman's following her, crying out, and the daughter's cruelly demon-possessed. He's not paying her any attention. They say, send her away. He goes, look, I've only been sent to the, sheep of the lost sheep of the house of Israel, which means he is sent to those Jews that are covenantal in relationship with the living God. So basically what he's saying is, look, this is what I've been sent to. And she comes and gets in front of him and bows down and worships him and says, help me. You know, he says, look, woman. He said, this is the children's bread. What you're asking for is the children of Israel's bread, healing and deliverance. That's what she's asking for. And it's not right to throw it to little dogs. He wasn't being derogatory. He's just saying you're not in covenant. You're not a covenantal. You're not a Jew. You're not in covenant with the living God. She didn't know Jehovah. She did not have a relationship. All she's doing is crying out for mercy. And Jesus said, look, this is the children's bread. Healing and deliverance is the children's bread. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the, the, the little dogs eat the crumbs from the table. Give me a little crumb. I need a little crumb for my daughter. And he just goes, wow. I've not seen this. This is amazing. Great is your faith. And the father, obviously, because he only did what he saw the father do. So obviously the father said, go ahead and give it to her. That's amazing. So here's my point. 
We, we clearly see healing. God reveals himself as a healer in the Old Testament. He tells us he's healed all our diseases. He tells us to, to trust in him. All these things in the Old Testament uh, are for, for us, for the children of Israel. Now, they had to walk in obedience. Clearly, when we come to the New Testament, Jesus is making it very clear that healing and deliverance are the children's bread, children of God, okay? Well, Hebrews 7, let's look here real quick. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, says, By so much more, Jesus has become the guarantee or the surety of a better covenant. And then chapter 8, verse 6 says, Now he's obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Okay, here's my point. If healing was part of the old covenant, and healing and deliverance were part of the the children's bread, the children in covenant, and we got a better covenant based on better promises, how in the world did we lose out on healing and deliverance? I don't think we did. I think it's just as valid for us today as it ever was. Now, let me go to other, just a couple of other points here. Scripture references. We've already read Isaiah 53. The very last thing there, it says that by his stripes, you are healed. So I've had people say, well, that's, that's emotional healing and whatever. But hey, I'll take whatever healing he wants to give. All healing from God is better than anything that we've got now. But the truth is, is that Matthew chapter 8, I'm going to go there, and I want to just make it clear, again, let Scripture interpret Scripture. The problem we have a lot of times is we'll take passages of Scripture and we won't tie it together with what else is said. So Isaiah 53 says that by his stripes we are healed. Now, in chapter 8, verse 14, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife, mother, lying sick with a fever. So she touched her hand, and the fever left her, and he arose and served them. Verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with the word. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Uh, he says that that was about him healing physical sickness. So pretty clear. Then in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, Peter looking back on the cross saying, by his stripes you were healed. So what we have, Isaiah is looking toward the cross and he's saying, look, by your stripes you're healed. Jesus is saying, that passage is about me and my ministry of healing. And then Peter, after the cross, looking back at the cross, saying, look, you're healed. So it's clear that Jesus paid for our healing at the cross. He took our sicknesses and diseases. James chapter 5, verse 14 says that we're to lay hands on the sick and they will recover if we'll call for the elders. Um, 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I praise you prosper and in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. 1 Corinthians 12 is a very interesting passage because it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, or the manifestations of the Spirit. Well, one of those is gifts of healing. Another is the working of miracles. Those are plural. And so it's like, hmm, what's that? Well, they're gifts operating by the Holy Spirit working through people. Um, if God wasn't into healing, then why would we need those? 
but he is because he's the heart is he's a healer. He heals us. And so he wants us to walk in health and healing. It doesn't mean you can't get sick. So don't hear something I'm not saying. We live in a world that's fallen, doesn't say you can't sin, but we don't have to live in sin. If the point is, is that God has provided for us to, to be healed. He knows that when sin entered the world, it brought sickness, it brought death. And the very last enemy is death. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, that's the last enemy. And when that enemy is wrapped up, the kingdom is going to be presented to the Father. Until that time, we live in a time when sin and sickness and death still are here. But we're not left here just to go, oh my gosh, I'm hopeless. No, he's given to us his ministry to represent him, to be a conduit for him to flow and to release things through us. Why aren't everybody healed? I don't know. I don't know why everybody's not saved. I don't know why everybody doesn't receive Jesus. I don't know why everybody's not healed. I've struggled with issues myself, but I believe confidently that Jesus has paid the price for us to walk in health and healing. Not problem-free, but to learn and to how to trust him and to look to him and to recognize that my healing is in you. I thank God for doctors. I thank God for medicine. I thank God for all, because all of that is an expression of the creativity of God coming out in mankind. But my trust is not in doctors or medicine. My trust is in the living God. My source of healing is in him. So that's why it's so important for us to, to recognize that. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says that there are these appointed in the ministry, uh, in the church, gifts of healing and working of miracles. Those are people. Those are people gifts. You know, what about the faith healers? There are some people that actually do operate in a gift that seems to be, they see more people healed than maybe other people do. I don't understand all this. All I'm doing is saying what Scripture says. All I know that we're supposed to do is pray for the sick. It said, these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So my job is to pray for the sick. My job is to be available for people, to believe that God wants to use people to lay hands on people so they can get well. So again, I'm not, I'm not the healer. He wants us to do that. Now, two more things, and just let me uh, sort of wrap this up and why I'm spending a little time here is because it's it's not a technique on how to pray for the sick. Uh, we need to lay hands on them. We need to believe God to, to heal them. We need to be aware that sometimes there's demons, uh, sometimes, it, but everything's not a demon. But we just need to be, uh, you know, sensitive to a person. Let the compassion of Christ flow through us. But the fact is, there's two things that I just think about. He told us to pray in Matthew 6 that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Um, I don't think there's any sickness or disease or cancer or heart disease in heaven. If we're to agree with that prayer, we're basically agreeing that, that the sickness that we are experiencing here, we need to pray for his kingdom come so that healing would come and that we stand on solid ground when we pray for people. I, th I don't think you can separate out the preaching, the declaration of the kingdom of God, and healing and deliverance. It's part of God's rule and reign that he wants to eradicate the results of sin that came through the garden. A second thing, 
Remember, it says in Luke, it says that when the father, when a son asks for a father for a fish, he's not going to give him a scorpion. He asks for bread, he's not going to give him a stone. He said, you're evil, and you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The point being is this. I don't know of a father that wants his children sick. I've never once thought about, I want my my kids sick. That's just what I want. No, regardless of the conflict or what's going on in a person's family, I don't have anybody that wants their child to be sick. He says, you're evil, and you know how to give good gifts to your own children. How much more, which he's saying, he's not evil, how much more is a perfect heavenly father want to give to you everything? He said that he didn't hold anything back. He gave his most treasured gift, going to the cross and dying for us. Then how would he not give us all things freely through him who, whom he gave to us? I just believe healing is for us. I believe it's a children's bread. I think God wants us to, to, to walk in health and healing. It doesn't mean you can't get sick, but, it, but there's a whole level, a whole dimension that God wants to release in the church that we begin to live. You know, there's a plague, there's a pandemic, there's something always out there that's constantly trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think God wants us to be, uh, to literally be his hands extended to cast out demons and to heal the sick. Doesn't mean you can't get sick. But I'm just saying that God has provided for us to live in this world, to represent him of setting the captives free in a way that includes physical healing. And I think, it, you know, we're not seeing more people healed because we're probably not praying for more people. We need to pray for people. We need to believe, too, that he healed us. He walked in this health for us. So just in closing, let me make a couple of points. You've got to have faith somewhere. Somebody's got to have faith. But don't ever put pressure on somebody that you're praying for. Don't put pressure on yourself. Just be open to pray. It's interesting, too, Jesus said, heal the sick. He didn't say, go pray for them. He said, heal the sick. Now, it does say in James, call on the elders, and they will know what they And the prayer of faith will heal the person. But we're supposed to be a conduit for the power of God to be released through us. So I want to pray for us. I'm going to pray that God would help us to walk in the truth of his word, the reality of what he's paid for, and that we'd be an extender of his gifts of healing. Well, Father, we love you and bless you and thank you for healing us. We thank you that by your stripes, we are healed and we were healed and we will always walk in health and healing because of what you paid for at the cross. We thank you, Lord, that we have a better covenant based on better promises because you are the guarantee of that covenant. I thank you, Lord, that that includes healing and deliverance. So I pray for everyone that first and foremost, that we would receive your word and that, Lord, we would believe that you have healed us and that we can walk in health and healing. And that, Lord, that then you'd, I pray that you'd help us to believe that we can be used to extend healing to those around us. So, Father, we love you, we bless you, we thank you. You are the source of our healing. We thank you that you heal, not just physically, but spirit, soul, and body. We love you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you so much. Now, help us 
to extend your ministry of setting the captives free to the world around us. We love you, we bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.